have have you been, Paul? I've been okay. I've been good, I guess. What about you? I'm good. You're get, are you getting out at all? Seeing people at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. We went, um, we went to see some goats yesterday. What? Yeah, we hung out at a goat farm yesterday. It was great. We 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 sat on the goat farm. Uh, we met Marvin the goat, Zach the goat, uh, Very nice. my favorite Suki the goat. Uh, Suki didn't have horns, sadly, because they were she was it's it was a goat rescue. Uh, and oh. her, her horns were removed early in her life, but she was still a bona fide cutie. And oh. well, did you meet some goats? I met okay. some I met some goats. We went to a goat farm yesterday. We went on a hike with the goats. Um I got headbutted by Marvin the, the, the alpha goat because I walked past him on the hike. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> well, he probably sensed you're just you're just radiating like primal energy. Paul. Oh yeah, it was definitely an alpha off that we had. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did, did it hurt? Was it like a punch? Okay, or? so his goat headbutt was not too painful, other than the fact that a goat's horns are curved. So he hit me and then did a yank back, and that got me just above the crotch region. Oh man, he hooked oh. you! He hooked me, and it that that oh. was the bad part. That was it was that was rough. But the our guide Megan, who was taking us around, uh. She had a couple like showdowns with Marvin at, at a couple times. She bravely would go grab grab the horns, literally grab the the goat by the horns, and uh and had like wrestling matches whenever he would get a little too ornery. Damn, wrestling Marvin. Yeah, that sounds like Billy Goat's rough. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like just start it with the goat talk and get us into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fired up about goats. Um, goat farm. Hey, I, I gotta say though, if you could get a chance to get to a goat farm, get get to one. It was fun. They're very nice. They're like dogs and cats blended together. I I I like a goat, but like I know a lot of my friends wish like a a dream of theirs is to own goats. Like, mm-hmm. That's like an ideal scenario for them uh-huh. and i think a goat is a great animal to visit yeah but i don't think i'd want to keep goats megan the goat owner and guide <laughs> loved being a goat owner well i sure hope so i would sure I, hope so I if, mean, was, if her name is megan the goat owner i hope she's happy with her life megan yeah. the goat owner uh yeah. we went to her we went to her goat farm uh and uh, you would hope so if she was miserable and we showed up at her goat farm it would have been a really sad time for everybody <laughs> And if she was like, guys, I really regret this whole goat life I've chosen for myself. Would one of you like to take a goat? Please take a goat. Please. Will you take on this title, the goat owner? The Please goat. Free me. I wanted to be Megan the ice cream saleswoman, but I can't. <laughs> Help me. She also had a bunch of chickens, Kevin, which I'm sure you would appreciate. I love chickens. I love I love my cat. She's she's a sweet she's a sweet pet. She's she loves me dearly, and I love her. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, she doesn't make me breakfast, and my no. chickens do. No, she does not. <laughs> I I I don't know if you've shared this on the podcast more. Just when we talk, like you know, listen, we we have chickens on our mind out here at mm. some point. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to think, but you can just have oh yeah. just live in the suburbs and just have chickens, and that's legal mm-hmm. as long as you're mm-hmm. taking care of them. And I'm yeah. like, that sounds pretty rad. But I think as you to me, Kevin is like. Chicken, chickens die a lot. I think you said to me one time. Yeah, you're, or something, you're, you're, yeah. Or something along the lines of just like chickens die and it's sad. Well, yeah. So uh, the the classic line I've I've been throwing out for years is when when a chicken gets sick, there's no chicken doctor. You're the chicken doctor. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so 
uh, chickens in general are pretty hardy. If you get like, um, there are a few breeds that you should look at if you want like a hardier chicken, like a like uh, buffs or Rhode Island Reds or or whatever. But like, <laughs> I thought you meant like get some chicken buffs so that your chickens are stronger. <laughs> like get some pluses to their stats. There's no, there's a there's a breed called a buff. A buff uh, Orphington is is a is a big yellow fluffy chicken, and they're very hardy. Oh, that's not like it sounds like like the default model of chicken if it's a big yellow chicken. Oh yeah, it's the Nord of chickens. Okay, cool. I'd say. The Nord. Uh, I like that you go to Nord. That's great. <laughs> I've, I've had Skyrim on my mind for some reason. <laughs> Nord, like and like a Nord slash like Skyrim character, like that game has been out for so long and so dominant for so long that no other RPG should exist at this point. No other RPG should exist, and yet RPGs continue. And yet to they exist. persist. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, when you go down to the world of, like, Skyrim modding, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast. I know our friend of the podcast, Josh Henderson, is, like, right, still playing Skyrim. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. All, all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, I, when I, last time I opened up the old Skyrim to, like, you know, let's see what's going on in the mod world. Mm-hmm. I, I, as this, there's a whole, there's 10 other games in here. Mm-hmm. If I want to have a dating sim, it's now in Skyrim. Uh-huh. If I, yeah, if I want Dragon Ball Z powers, now in Skyrim. Uh-huh. <laughs> And and I I definitely like I just would hog wild where I just added so many like oh this looks like a cool mod sure I'll put that in there right, this looks like a fun user made mod I'll put that in there and like did I ever tell you guys how like I so I loaded it and one I came with like a new custom NPC that was clearly just someone's like Jo material mm-hmm. I'm just like oh you told us about that yes yeah her name <laughs> yeah. is Lila and she's the best and she's hot and she thinks you're cute uh-huh. and then like. And then almost to punish me for my transgressions, I was the mods had combined into an un <gasps> unmeant un, unintended specter, an unkillable like ghost knight. Oh my god! That was my companion, but also I couldn't control it. But you're it would tw- just but also kill- your tormentor. Yeah, and also it would sometimes just kill me in its fury. Like a headless horseman? Like it's chasing yeah, like, you? Yeah, like a headless horseman that I couldn't really communicate with other than maybe claps. And then, like, I was like, I think I deserve this. I think I brought this evil into this world. And it made the game really, really fun. I really love the idea of a a weird, uh, harrowing creature that you can only communicate to with, via clapping. <laughs> Jazz hands and hand boating is the only way to talk to it. That's fun and harrowing. I like that. <laughs> I think in my experience, uh, like only one or two mods have ever actually improved a video game's experience for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. The rest have just sort of revealed that the game isn't as good as I want it to be. <laughs> hmm. Can you give me examples? A, a mod I feel most of the time is like a band-aid for uh a game like mm-hmm. gra- gra- like graphical mods and stuff like that and user interface mods are a different thing i'd say yeah but like when when a mod adds gameplay to a game uh, most of the time i'm like this is bad <laughs> well are you saying the added gameplay is bad or it makes it look like the original game was bad to begin with uh it, it both okay because one mm. it reveals that there is something like lacking enough in this game that i went to go down i'm coming down really hard on mods modders work so fucking hard this is just mm. my personal like like tick i guess my uh-huh. you heard it modders you guys are ruining game you don't like, have any business listening to this podcast <laughs> modders are game developers like they they just are yeah but totally i i, I 
I, I just have found in my experience that when I install a mod, it's because I'm trying to squeeze life out of a game that just doesn't have any more life in mm-hmm. it. So mm. by the time I arrive at a mod, usually the it, it can't it can't bring the game back to life, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, Our modders, the tribute band artist of video games. <laughs> I mean, I want to mean that. I mean that in a good way, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to yes and that metaphor in that, like the same way that you know, I hear so much about modders getting hired by game studios, either on the game that they modded or for other games, right? Uh-huh. It's like a proof of like my work. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same way that guy who became the new Freddie uh, Mercury. I was going to say, new Freddie Mercury. Well, that's Adam Lambert, right? I think they got a new guy. I think the guy from <laughs> oh, did they get a new guy? Why is it Adam Lambert? He, it was him for a bit, yeah. For a while, it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking of the one from, um, why am I thinking? I want to keep on saying Prodigy. It's not Prodigy. Metal fans are like, uh, Rob Halford, right? That's his name, and he passed away. Mm-hmm. And, yes, yes. I don't know. His, uh, I don't Iron, know Maiden? Is- Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden, right? Mm-hmm. Small correction here. The band we're talking about is Judas Priest, not Iron Maiden. Uh, Chad would like you to know that he was wrong, and he is not a real metalhead. And, like, a dude from a cover band got hired. It's also the plot of that terrible Mark Wahlberg movie, Rockstar. Uh-huh. Like, one for one, I'm in a cover band of this band, and now I get hired to replace the lead singer. I'm like, that's kind of like a modern, you know, using uh-huh. this to get yeah. hired, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. The cover band stuff. And I was going to say, like, Black Mesa is, like, when the band gets so good at doing what they do, like the that, uh, beat, that yeah. like that one Beatles band that goes around and tours and like does the shows now. <laughs> like that's like yeah. that's a Black Mesa situation. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like when Paul and I have game design you know opinions and Kevin goes yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, this, I mean to... this very positively, Kevin. I mean this incredibly. Po- <laughs> I went to see the 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 Beatles, uh, the Beatles experience with my mom, and I gotta say, look, it's not like you're playing. It's not like the Beatles are there, but you're like, wow, this is nice. And it's like when I played Black Mesa, I was like, I was like, this is an incredible achievement. What you have done here, and you have made, you've allowed me to relive. Once again, the thing that I loved uh, from the from an from an in a new time in a new era, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and I appreciate that. I think it's a great thing that they did. Both the Beatles and the Black Mesa people. I, I feel like modders are, to me, are more like uh, the people who repair potholes out of their own pocket when uh-huh. the uh-huh. when the city <laughs> yeah, can't be bothered yeah. to do so. <laughs> yeah, like they're less. They're more driven by like a duty to the environment or the game. Like, well, and, and I think, well, and look, uh, let's set the the Beatles one aside for a second here. But I think like uh, I know people who were in like a de- like a Devo cover band, right? Cool. And, and it's for the same reason. It's for the it's for the same altruistic reason, uh, Kevin. It's that it's that nobody can Devo is not a band anymore. And they were like, well, someone has to play the Devo song so we can go and hear them live. You know what I mean? Sure. They're yeah. doing a public service. Yeah. There's there's a local uh, Boston band that is a Weezer cover band. Yes. And they cover early Weezer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like that sort of cover band is born out of frustration, yes. I feel. There's a like, there is a hole in the world. Yeah. A Rivers yeah, Cuomo-sized hole. <laughs> a, a rivers runs through it. a rivers runs oh. through us all <laughs> i think about like the i, I told you I, I, now i'm just realizing how my immediate thought about when when cyberpunk 2077 came out and it was just you know a hot fire mm-hmm. uh i remember going like well 
at some point the modders will fix it. Like, uh-huh. I had that thought of like, I'll wait. I'll be good. I, I trust less the developers than the modders. So I was going to make it, the yeah. joke that when you installed all of those Skyrim mods that you loaded it up and you were just playing Cyberpunk <laughs> at that point. It had just it, become it's such a It's weird that mess. evokes a similar feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You had just reached a state of Cyberpunk completeness. I'm trying to think of like mods that have actually been like helpful for me. And I know we should talk about this book. I'm like, I feel like Planet Coaster had some dope ones where people actually like, hey, this person, you know, actually spent... 20 hours making a new custom roller coaster that you can just import yourself. Like, cool, thanks. Or I probably told you boys about Battle BattleTech, a game that I love hate. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and every every turn is excruciatingly long because it's like rolling the dice, but also like stopping the camera and then like now roll dodge stat that you can't even see. So you're just looking at like tiny models of of mechs not moving uh-huh. and it feels like every turn goes for six minutes mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. just waiting for it to resolve and then mm-hmm. like i bought a mod yeah i did downloaded a mod that was like we're gonna make that go in two seconds enjoy your day like cool thanks it's also weird the game developers did not think to do that right kind of right and again they're filling the potholes in the game Ooh. i i liked um there's a randomizer mod for dark souls that uh puts like different enemies in different places and uh, mixes up all the treasure chests and does a bunch of cool stuff to make it sort of different. But uh, I think the best mod I ever installed was uh, in, in XCOM two, you can get giant robots mm-hmm. and uh, there's a friendship system between. What? Um, yeah. You can get big robots in XCOM two. Cool. I completely missed that. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's your soldiers can become like friends and they get like friendship bonuses <gasps> and like can get. Oh, no, but they like... get friendship devastation when they inevitably die. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but, oh, but for Axis was like robots can't have friend can't form relationships and have friendships with other uh, soldiers. And some modder was like, hey, what about they can? Yeah, <laughs> so I was, was going to say, I, well, I disagree <laughs> with that on a very <laughs> fundamental level. Speaking so of that, Johnny Five, who we were talking about earlier, yeah, Jonathan Five, the robot we all know from that movie. That I love, I love short, short Circuit too. Jonathan Five is great. I love Jonathan Five. <laughs> the the robots in XCOM Two all have Johnny Five heads. Dude, I just completely, I'm just like mad that I completely missed robots. I beat XCOM Two and I somehow didn't run into robots. I don't did know what you, the hell happened there. Did you? Chad, uh, we're getting wildly off topic, but we'll yeah. ta- we will talk about this book. Yeah, did please you, help me. Did you hear about Marvel XCOM? Dude, yeah, fuck, fucking yeah, I'm so psyched for that. Paraxis, <laughs> <laughs> right, announced that they are working on a Marvel property, a strategy game. So XCOM Marvel is definitely the shorthand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if it's an X-Men game? What if it's a fucking X-Men game with death with like, you know, uh what do you call that when your characters can die? I can't think of Oh, permadeath. 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 Yeah. permadeath. yeah, permadeath. Like there's so many X-Men, like like Chimera Squad. I'm so fucking excited, Kevin. I'm so excited. Chad, I'm my hopes are a little dashed that we're not going to see more in the XCOM universe, a universe I I legitimately love. But I'm gonna. You don't, you don't think they're gonna do more? W- well, th- not if they're working on Marvel XCOM. <laughs> I guess you're right. I'm hoping they'll take like the Chimera Squad system a little bit and 
and make a little bit more like, yeah, these are all unique characters. They have some special abilities. You can, mm-hmm. but like, oh god, I want to have Wolverine behind like crouching behind a corner and like tell him to go do a Berserker barrage for ninety percent chance to hit. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're you're selling me on it a little bit. I, th- oh, I think- oh god, and maybe like maybe like Sync can like borrow your other teammates' powers if you're nearby. So you have like if you need two tanks in a hurry, you can get two tanks. Oh god, Kevin, guys. <laughs> Guys, usually I can come up with a transition to get us into the episode. I have no idea how to tr- how to transition us into uh, a book. Don't don't worry, I'll just do an edit and then I'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Horrorland, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys are returning to Horrorland. No, I'm the only this. one, right? Chad is the only one. I was not here for that episode. I don't know what was happening. Okay. Yeah, what the fuck was wrong with that, Paul? Where, Where was I? You? Where was I? What the fuck was wrong with old Paul? <laughs> Idiot. If you know, <laughs> tweet at us and tell us why Paul is there. I was probably dead, according to Chad and Dom at the time. <laughs> I feel like that was our usual as we invented a way for someone to be dead. Um, dead or deader <laughs> the um the the uh, nega zone they were in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was the only one. I be- I'm gonna believe that was me, Dom, mm. and Dodger. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, wow. So this is this is a pretty much a fr- fr- I'm gonna call this Redux. Is that what that means? Redux. Yeah. Reloaded. Horrorland Reloaded. Okay. Yes. Yes. Horrorland Reloaded. See, oh, and it is sort of a Reloaded. I don't know about you, Kevin, but I read this one as a kid, and this was the Goosebumps book for me. This feels like the Goosebumps. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is whatever your favorite band is, their greatest album. This is that book. You always want them to play it at the concert, no matter what. This is the Weezer Blue album of Goosebumps <laughs> books. Is this only in dreams? This is only in dreams. Sure. If that's your favorite, this that's what this is. <laughs> this book fucking rocks. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. I, there's only one thing I don't like about it. We'll get to it at some point. Other than that, banger. Uh, let's set, let's set it up, right? Uh, yeah. I, this book just gets going too. The pacing on this is like, ah. Well, hold on. Kevin was very quiet there, so I'm wondering, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, would you do you want to withhold your opinion briefly? I'll I'll I'll, I'll lay it out. I, I feel like there was time and consideration put into this book, mm-hmm, uh, so mm-hmm. I don't want to knock it too much, right? Um, and there are some good scares. Uh, yeah, some 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 decent scares. I like how it's very sort of uh popcorny like mm-hmm. there's uh you know there are all these rides at Horrorland and it's sort of a, a rapid way to do a bunch of different kinds of scares yep. like mm-hmm. the the format just like fits really well and because it's RL setting setting it in a a, a theme park where everything sucks is, <laughs> like has has some earnestness to it yes, i feel yeah. yes definitely yeah and i think that's what I always liked about this book. I think what I liked about it as a kid and what made Goosebumps seem better because I read, I think this is one of the first ones that I read. Um, mm. This one, what it does well, like you said, is it's set in a, in a theme park where everything sucks. Um, mm-hmm. But it works because we're not in the normal world, right? So like uh-huh. normally everything sucks in the normal world and it's boring because you're just at a, you're, you're in a fucking you know, suburban neighborhood and there's nothing exciting or fun to look at or do. This, everything is magical and fantastical in a crappy way. <laughs> and because of that, there's always something new and weird and crazy to see. So cool. I'm having a good time. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like the, 
it feels the more more flushed out of a world of this. Mm, yes. Even though even though as I'm reading, I keep going like, I wonder what their infrastructure is like. I wonder how they you know pay their employees or <laughs> what's what? the economy of this town based upon. Yeah, they must be really just making most of the money on the ad sales on TV. But whatever. Yes. Like, but there's enough of it going like, I feel like there's actually ten more rides in this park that the characters couldn't cover, as opposed to. Well, I came up with this premise, and now I just gotta just gotta just drag it out till we get there. That's true because there is a, and I think that's what I one of the points. Okay, there's two things I don't like about this book. <laughs> <laughs> there's there is a point about halfway through the book where the premise is revealed, and I don't yeah. think it gets better from that point. I think it just carries along. At when the, you say the premise, you mean what that that monsters are running a horror park? Yeah, the monsters are running a horror park on t- for a TV show. Oh, sure. <laughs> That part gets a little like okay, I don't know. You guys you just need to wrap it. That's the 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 third encore. The third encore wasn't necessary actually. Exactly, you, you were good on the second one. Yeah. The amount of gaslighting in this book is pretty. Incredible. Oh my goodness! That's oh why my. I'm so scary about it. They're just like lying to these kids all the time. Hmm. Well, I want to say what one thing that this book does really well, and it, it almost never happens in a Goosebumps book, is delivering on the first line like horror setup that he gives you in this one, which is that we will be little did I know we would be laying in our coffins later that day, it, which is, <laughs> yeah. which, which is a twist. Yeah. And it's your classic RL twist where it's like, he says one thing and you're like, wow, that's scary. That could be real scary. And then it's not scary when it arrives. This arrives and is scary. And I, and I super respected that about it. Cause I remembered it. I, as soon as we started rereading it for this ep, for this recording, I was like, oh yeah, I remember what that twist is. And it's great. He he nailed that moment too because that whole coffin scene is very calm, and until you remember how the book starts, and then it's like there's a bomb under the table. Yes, and, uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, even without it, I think you're like, I know those coffins are going to go. You you already as a reader know that each of these rides is going to 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 go bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm like, either there's sharks in the water on the coffin ride or the coffins will close or whatever right. it is. But dude, the cl- the claustrophobia uh, aspect of the coffin scene was very scary. Yeah, <laughs> that scared me as a kid, without a doubt. Mm. Like I remember mm. and there was a lot of parts in this that scared me, which I've made notes of copious notes of remembering how it actually scared me. That is a really, truly terrifying part. I think mm. even like the scare of I mean, we're just kind of. Just kind of jumping into the middle of this. We're book, free balling, fun, right? Yeah, right. Lizzie, Luke, and Clay, three kids. They're with their parents at Horrorland. Their yeah. car blew up, which also is an amazing. I forgot yeah, about that. That's can, an amazing, inciting incident. You know what? We can we can plot our way through this. Okay, so so Lizzie and her brother Luke with Luke's friend Clay, who in a in a book series with more teeth would have died early in this book. One of the yep. kids needs to die. That's yeah. a sacrificial kid. Is Clay uh, who? <laughs> Who I related to a lot because he's a scared a scared boy. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, looking at his description, where he's described as like uh, kind of chubby, mm-hmm. blonde, and with glasses, I'm like, oh, it's just me. It's just mm-hmm. that's uh-huh. just me. Yeah, we are all clay. I do. Yeah. I was. We are all but lumps of clay in the in the back car of <laughs> whatever the family's name is. I, I like family. that car ride too. By the way, like there's something about like there's been multiple Goosebump books of the parents like. Taking you to camp, or mm-hmm. you know, like we're we're stuck on the side. But this one felt the most like. I by the way, throughout this whole book, the parents are in it. Yeah, I think that's so interesting that mm. it's not in any other Goosebumps book I can think of. It's such a bonkers premise that you're able to keep the 
parents there and it works. Yeah, it and it makes everything scarier yeah. as well. Yeah, they are but, also worried. And mm-hmm. and the fact that like, oh, my if my parents are scared of this, I should be scared. Yes. Is it it's interesting because I I think it kind of hits something that I have been feeling at least for several of these goosebumps books we cover, where they spend so much time kind of like getting the parents to be oblivious mm-hmm. or not care. And maybe that's a certain fear, I guess, just neglectful parents. Mm-hmm. But like, I'd rather just like, no, just like let the premise run. Like this is a, you don't have like a world you have to keep track of. Let the parents either die or they're missing or they're in on it. Like uh-huh. as opposed to just kind of that, like uh, uh, there's an invisible person right there next to me. Oh, my dad didn't see it. He was too busy reading the paper. Yeah, the mm-hmm. most frustrating bullshit of all time. Yeah. I loved that the parents were were very involved in this. Um, I love at the beginning of the book, the story that could have been, they're headed towards zoo gardens, which... Yeah, <laughs> I figured it was bush gardens, right? Oh, I just imagined it was some wild-ass zoo slash theme park mashup. Yeah, some Probably. sort of we bought a zoo style place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also like how they describe the... The landscape around them in the car is... A desert? Well, it's a desert, yeah. Then it's trees. Mm-hmm. And you, it really fits like, yeah, they are just in the goddamn wasteland. Like, they are... The hills have eyes mm-hmm. stranded out here. Uh, I totally buy it. There's no way to prove that these this entire family isn't dead and they're in some sort of like, horror afterlife. Uh-huh. There's a lot of, like, fairy story uh, stuff in here. Like, uh-huh. the... I guess the parents are the real, like, sinners who are being punished here because they, like, fight and they're incompetent and a little irresponsible. And Yeah, Lizzie, uh, who describes herself as the calm one, is keeping her parents' relationship together with with, yes. uh, with a thin piece of rope. <laughs> a tiny, tiny piece of rope. <laughs> I, I, I do relate to the dad and lust in a relationship stuff, but more just... The way his mindset is after they get to the park and the car immediately blows up and he's just like, I I won't be able to focus on yes, anything until I, I loved that that aspect that he was like, I cannot have fun. I can't have fun until we figure out what's going on with the car. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's anxiety. That's dad anxiety. I get mm-hmm. that. I, I mean, you could have gone way less bombastic than blowing up the fucking car. Uh-huh. Like you could have, you could have scratched the car, and, uh-huh. a, and a dad would have had the same reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the dad had been someone scratched our car, I'm gonna fucking find out. And now the whole thing is just go into the park and ask every person if they scratched his car. Yeah, I would totally buy that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they blowing up the car for everyone? That's I, dude. I was wondering about that. Like, <laughs> like I hope so. The, uh, in my mind, this explosion was like casino level, like jump cut to yeah. uh, obvious mannequin inside of car. <laughs> yep, happening instantly behind them. Because they like it's like described. They get so they they're driving. They're lost for a while, and um. They uh they're looking for signs everywhere. There's a great gag of they're they're looking for any sign, any old sign, and they look they see the first sign and it just says sign for rent on it, which was kind of a funny gag. That made that, me laugh. That I laughed. I, I legit I, I exhaled sharply through my nose. That was, that was the same. <laughs> Air was forcefully expelled from my body. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, I I liked that. Um and then and then they arrive at Horrorland, right? And they see it's great and the first true cliffhanger, right? A monster was over top of the car looking in through the 
the skylight, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Because then we go to the next thing, and it's still there. The monster's still there. And then yeah. it turns out that they pulled up to a sign with a spooky monster looking yeah. into the car. That mm-hmm. fake out totally works because she's not like, oh, it was just a raccoon, or mm-hmm. oh, I just imagined it was a monster. Right. Like, no, it's a monster, but then you get like a more perspective on it, and it's like, oh, it's a mechanical monster and mm-hmm. a sign. Like it's it it doesn't dispel the intrigue of the event. Right. Or the creepiness, yeah. It also yeah, it also pays off the cover that I as a kid always thought like that's a monster over that sign. Like exactly mm-hmm. that, right? That is mm-hmm. the Tim Jacobus amazing drawing. Um, yes, yes. Does this does this one show up rather early in the canon? I think this is like sixteen or something. It is. Twelve or sixteen. Something it like is. That. No, yeah. It is number sixteen. The the front the Tim Jacobus cover has sort of an old school style to it. I feel mm-hmm. for this one, it has it has that mid nineties, early nineties uh, fantasticalness to it. Yeah, I feel like um 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 one closer to the end of Goosebumps would be more character focused and have like one of the one of the horrors in there mm-hmm. of Horrorland, which by the way I pictured as the Philly fanatic, and I oh will without not- a doubt. awesome <laughs> awesome they were all fanatics, all gritties, all of them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what I you know what I did think though, and I, I, there's three things I don't like about this book. <laughs> The ob- the uh, obviously not a first draft name of Horrorland Horrors. Yeah, they yeah. plus that a little bit. Plus that up, RL, please. Yeah, and then like be- because horror, the word horror in capitals is on every page, and like also Horrorland's a thing. Like when characters are horrified or they stare in horror, it's just like uh-huh. this word has lost all meaning at yeah. this point. This is this is just ju- this is just a jumble of sounds. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is. Yeah, the 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 park itself is one of those like as they're describing it, going, you know, us dying aside, I would probably legit go to this. Like this is, it sounds like a it's it's uh Six Flags Fright Night all the time, right? Well, yeah, but yeah, this is also, but there's something about this that like the reason I never want to go. They always do here in L.A., right? They do Hollywood, uh, yeah, Universal Horror Nights, right? And mm-hmm. It's like whatever the big five or six horror movies are out right now, they'll do like themed mazes and stuff right and it sounds really cool i never want to go to it because it's that type of like horror land where it's dark and then just out of the shadows the guy's gonna run at you with like a fake chainsaw and like <laughs> touch your face uh-huh. i don't like that i don't want that that's not fun um right. right this feels a little bit more of a like when you're on the street of horror land when you're walking through like you know grand central usa of horror land mm-hmm. just a fun chill time there's just monsters walking by with like a human head, like a yo-yo. Someone's selling ice cream. Right. It's ambient, cr- ambient creepiness is going on. Yeah, it's ambient creepiness, and then you can choose to go. All right, I'm getting in line for the doom slide. Right. I am <laughs> like that. To me, is all fixes all of the problems I have with actual real world, like haunted park kind yeah. of things. Things can be scary around me slowly. I don't need to constantly be jumped at. I need the Resident Evil safe room of the amusement park, right? I need the, like, I know in this moment right now I am safe and I will step out when I want to into scary land. Uh, (laughs) If if they could add this to Six Flags, if you went into the bathrooms and the Resident Evil safe room music played, I would be very happy. (laughs) Oh, my God. That should be everywhere. That should be. It should just be regular life. Real quick, have I told you guys about how you guys been to Harry Potter World out here? No. Nope. Do Do you guys know that, like, in the bathrooms... I mean, not that the Harry Potter brand has much integrity anymore, but like mm-hmm. in the bathrooms at Hogwarts, 
uh, they did this whole like, well, you know, in Harry Potter two or three, Moaning Myrtles mm-hmm. in the boys' bathroom. Uh-huh. They had this fucking thing where in the men's bathroom, you just hear Moaning Myrtle giggling at your penis. <laughs> like in a family amusement park, she doesn't say like, oh, look at the schlong on you. Uh-huh. But like, she's in the men's bathroom giggling. And her only character trait was she was a peeping top, Tammy. I'm going to make up that term. <laughs> peeping Tammy. Peeping Tammy. It's a really weird choice that Park makes. I, yeah. <laughs> I love the invention of the term peeping Tammy today. That's, Thank you. That Thank was you. great. Women are pervs too. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> Shout Sorry. out to the hardworking but honest perverts of America. <laughs> yeah, hardworking, honest perverts of America. You keep the gears turning. <laughs> Well, thank you for reviving that. Yeah, I had to bring it. It had to be uh, enshrined on a podcast. That's a Kevin creation, the hardworking perverts of the world. Yeah, the honest, hardworking American pervert. <laughs> honest is the key word here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're very open. Like, uh, hey, I uh, put a peephole in your bedroom wall, just letting you know. And you asked me to do it. Yeah. This was a consensual agreement that we came up with. Yeah. That's that's being an honest pervert. Yes, being an honest pervert is an aspirational step. A- as- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. you're not bothering anyone. You're uh, you're helping the economy. <laughs> sure, yes, I, I, I guess you are. I'm like moaning Myrtle, who uh, I assume is doing this for free. She's not creating any GDP with her perversion. That's for sure. Right. She's not a blue collar pervert. Not a blue, no, she's probably a rich kid of anything. Um. Hmm. I just like the I just like the the layout of Horrorland itself. Like, yeah. like hmm. the twists on top of it, I is fine. Whatever. Like Horrorland itself is just a fun premise. I would go there. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy. I, I like that there are. It seems to be there's business. Like, yeah. but I there's other people at the park too, which I think is always an interesting detail that I always forget about. That like it's not they're the only ones at this park. They keep talking about how they see like other other families, crying children, yeah, other crying children. There's a couple of times where I'm like, if you guys were really that lost, you should probably be like, hey, humans, help us. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I get it. The crying children thing I thought was one of like the creepiest hanging threads. Yes. Like the children are always crying. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And they never talk to any other humans. They yes. there are other humans there, I guess. If they're real, maybe yeah. That that's it's hard to say because are they running like a couple television episodes? Is it just like maybe they maybe they save money and they only open once a year? They get a bunch of humans in, they make like a whole season's worth of the show, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what they 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 do it like it's a, <laughs> like Jeopardy or Price is Right. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> they shoot them all in two days. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get us like too far off track again, but. Do you guys enjoy amusement parks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, somewhat. Um, I think I enjoy uh, a couple of good thrill rides. I don't like any part of the the wandering in amusement park. I very rarely ever find myself immersed. I'm mm. normally really annoyed by the crowds. Yeah. Mm. Like, there's been very few times. Like, even Harry Potter, I'm like, like yeah, for, I guess if I really quint, squint my eyes, I can kind of <laughs> pretend I'm in Hogsmeade, but not really. Right. Yeah, I um, I've just kind of avoided most amusement parks all my life because I'm not a. I've, I've said this before on this podcast, I think, but I'm not huge into mandatory fun. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm with yeah. you on that. 
but there are a lot of like game developers I know who are like, if you want to design like good video game scenarios, you got to go to theme parks because there's a sort of science in how things are presented to you. And a lot of games, especially AAA games, are based on theme parks and how things are revealed to you. And lots of environmental storytelling as they do mm. in this book with the signs, which sure. is the with thing the that signs. bugs me about this book and the sign. Some of them are legitimately scary, but the uh, the one. We should have talked about it in the beginning. During the car ride, uh, Luke is constantly pinching his sister and his his friend uh-huh. Clay. Uh, what was it? The great pincher? The mad The mad, the mad pincher. Yeah. The, mad the mad pincher strikes again. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so that that's a thing that... Uh, that will come back later. Obviously, I love I love the pinching because it's so juvenile. It's so fuck. It's so it, like it's such a it, it's setting up a thing at the end, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but also it's such a like non connecting thing to what you would think would be the way out of the book, right? Yeah, like which I guess is good. It's good writing in that you don't truly see it coming. Um, but I do feel like there were uh, signs that say "Do not pinch." Pin- you know, pinching is not allowed here. Those felt like late draft additions because someone was like, the kids are going to forget about the Mad Pincher in the beginning of this book. There are a lot of no pinching signs. A lot. Um, yeah. And I was like, what are they doing with the pin? What's he doing with the pinching? What's happening here? What's up with what's, this pinching? What's going on with the pinching? But again, this is for children. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's and, and by that, I mean, it's for people who will read this over the course of maybe a week as uh, as opposed to like an hour and a half before their podcast starts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The details are going to, might be lost. A kid might be reading this on summer vacation uh, and taking little breaks. Right. Yeah. By the way, uh, this is a long ass book for a goosebumps. It book. is. This is yeah, a longer but I, one. But I thought, I thought it flowed so much faster for me. Like, yes. I, there's usually a point whenever we read these books, I know these are kids books and to complain about it is, is a little bit, but like, there's usually a point whenever we read these for the podcast where I'm like halfway through, I'm like, oh my god, there's another hundred pages of this. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I start <laughs> to I start to skim the filler text, right? Like yeah. I start to know like when he gets into a rhythm of like this is like building this scene out to make it be like two or three pages longer, right? Uh huh. Like, yeah. And there's a couple moments that happens in this, but it's not nearly as bad. Like you're saying, Chad. Like this is like this one really it connects moment to moment, are and they're all pretty scary. And they're yep. all they're all pushing it forward. And they're all raising the stakes a little bit, um, mm. and it, it it works throughout. We did we we're we're kind of in the park now in our discussion, but we should talk about they do arrive at Horrorland and they get out of the car. The kids jump out of the car while it's still moving practically. Mm. The parents get mm. out, and then instantly the car explodes behind them. As yeah. we so as we talked about earlier, and father is very upset about this. I'd love to know how they made it explode. What like, yeah, what, what they shoot with like a like a beam, like a ray or something? My, all right, my best guess is that uh, while they were parked underneath the the first sign that they uh-huh. saw, uh. one, of the, one of the horrors planted some C four. Okay, Kevin, <laughs> yes. I was thinking the exact same. They they already are setting up later on that that the 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 horrors like to latch onto your car. Yep, and I yep. definitely think one got under the wheels at some point. <laughs> Uh-huh. And they scurried away, and they high fived, and they blew it up. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? At this point, like maybe the parking lot just has like mines everywhere. I well, I, I was gonna say, what if there's a trap door under every parking spot, and they just open it up, pop the C four in, and then drop back down? 
I, I yeah. love that. I love that. Chad, the idea of a small, like, gremlin-sized Philly fanatic with, like, a brick of C4 is now going to haunt my dreams. That it's really scary. Terrifying. That's terrifying. It's, it's up there with Twilight Zone terror at whatever, 20,000 20, feet. Like, that's, that's up there with that. There's a fanatic on the wing. <laughs> There's the, there, there definitely should have been a moment, maybe this is, like, whenever they remake it for a big, big budget movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there should just be a moment where they pull into the parking lot and there's just car parts everywhere. Yeah, like what's up with this place? Yeah, this <laughs> oh place. god, they need to clean up this parking lot. And then, <laughs> and then the booms are like, uh, let's talk about the rides a little because I mean, yeah, the the parents get separated, mm-hmm. and again, uh, anxiety dad is like, I just can't have, fu- I I won't have fun until I get a phone or my car is replaced. Anxiety dad has some serious uh, anger and anxiety issues because he's th- flipping out in the beginning of this book a couple of times. There's a point where it's, he's driving and he's using one hand to drive and another to shake a fist. It's described. Totally as. got it. Totally yeah. got it. Totally related to him in that moment. Yeah, he was pissed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're they're separated because one of the uh, Harland horrors that greets them at the front says, oh, don't worry, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of you over and over again. Uh, mm. assures them that they will be taken care of in uh, very vague and threatening <laughs> terminology. Uh, yes. And so the parents decide, go have fun. Mom re- mom realizing that dad is not going to fucking calm down, tells the kids <laughs> to go have fun. We'll take dad somewhere else to be anxious. Mom selflessly protecting her children. Yeah, yes, protecting her cubs, <laughs> throws her body upon the grenade that is father and, <laughs> and takes the damage. Oh, Christ. Yep. I love these parents. I, I, I they're so great. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that they're involved. Yeah, I, I, I like them too. I thought they were, I thought they were more fun than most um, Goosebumps parents. Despite their obvious issues between each other, they uh, seem like loving parents who listen to their kids. So from here, we basically go into a series of rides. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and attractions starting with the Doom Slide, mm-hmm, probably the most mm-hmm, infamous mm-hmm. of the horror. Yeah, the horror yep. yeah. rides, the scariest uh, one, definitely the scariest one too. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, for me it was the scariest one. I thought this one sounded like the most fun. I think it'd be generally fun if you know which one's not going to kill you. For yeah, sure. yeah, and as we find <laughs> out, none of them do. Yeah, one just like terribly inconveniences you. Yeah, <laughs> one is a warp pipe, and that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> so when you say warp pipe, it de- definitely the way it was described, and like there's a moment where she talks about when she's going down. Lizzie is like, where she's going so fast, she almost goes off the side of uh-huh. the, the slide. I'm like, it's totally that Mario 64 thing where you're sliding yes. down, yes, yes. Yep. and you're like barely holding on for momentum. Like if I go off the side, I'm dead. And that fucking penguin is beating you in the race. Uh-huh. Oh god, that little penguin who has no problems with it because he lives there in that world and knows how to go <laughs> off the exact spots. <laughs> So you have to cheat, and of course you like miss the jump a thousand times until you finally fucking get it. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true horror. Mm-hmm. That that level is true horror. I think this one's scary to me. The beginning, the first portion is not scary. It sounds like a lot of fun. They go down the slide, each yeah. in their own slide. Lizzie picks three. Her brother picks two. Clay decides to go with ten. They all go down. Lizzie can see her brother, and they're screaming and having a good time. They land at the bottom. You know, and it's scary. It's long. It's dark. Um, but it, but it sounds like a fun time. They end up there, down there. Uh, she, she lands. Luke lands. Clay is nowhere to be seen. 
So they're freaking out. They go outside. They see a, um, a monster with uh, black ice cream. So RL invented uh, the, the uh, activated charcoal. charcoal ice cream. Yeah. Oh, so I was thinking Taro. Okay, yeah. Or Taro. Yeah. yeah, he invented yeah. that. He invented that. He invented that trend. RL, props to you on that. Uh, <laughs> they, they see children crying uh, with their parents. You know, the, the horror starts to ratchet up a little bit. We start to wonder, is Clay dead? Is Clay, did Clay die? As we, as we expected in the beginning of this book, because he was the... The child we could we could choose to not care about. Uh-huh. He's yeah. not... He says the whole time was like, I don't have any parents at all. No one would miss me if I'm gone. <laughs> no connections on this earthly plane. <laughs> one of the, now's a good a time as any for me to bring up that I love that all of this takes place in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's something really cool and scary about the fact that this is all takes place not at night but like under the this sun. This is the midsummer, midsummer. <laughs> of, I totally got midsummer of, vibes from this. Yeah, I thought about the, that. This is the midsummer of Goosebumps books, and it's that good. Especially when like the later crowds of horrors are coming at them. Like this feels very like you are in a place. It doesn't matter that it's broad daylight. Doesn't matter that you know you're in danger. Just overwhelming numbers. You are alone here. I think it was and, implied too that their monster penises and and boobs were out. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Philly fanatic. Baby. That's Philly fanatic. He does not wear pants. And his dick has that little like silly string thing that she's not just like his nose. Yeah, yeah, it has that little uh, little like New Year's Eve party favor like <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what you call it. Yeah, and he honks excitedly. <laughs> oh God, he always honks. He never stops honking. The honking. The honking. <laughs> so they they're they're walking around seeing these horrors in broad daylight. It's scary. And they go back in uh and decide Lizzie selflessly says we need to go down the doom slot. I loved it. Lizzie is a great character. Yeah, she's she's awesome. And uh, a lot of the the fear in this book is about where you place your trust, mm-hmm. especially as a child. Mm-hmm. Like the kids place their trust in their parents and it gets them lost. Right. And then they're like, oh, like, you know, this is just a bit because, you know, we can trust an institution like Horrorland to take care of us. Uh-huh. Like, it It's like, well, we just have to trust that Horrorland has our best interests and go down the doom slide. Yes. So we can find our friend because yes. they wouldn't just throw him into a pit of spikes. Right. Right. That would- well, I, yeah. I also, by the way, I like that what feels real, all of the horrors being... It's not like gaslighting. They just kind of tell him like things that are scary, right? He's like, right. Uh, hey, have you seen our, our seen our friend? He's like, man, he probably went down the doom slide. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The monsters are very. They have no bedside manner, and they're very which, honest. Which feels like this is also what it's like to go to a amusement park where a high school kid cannot give less of a shit about you finding the parking lot. Kind right. Of um, right. There's some really great um, horror moments, like he. Arl chooses to end a lot of the chapters on something a horror says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And uh, this one, like, th- this chapter ends with, The horror was silent for a long moment. Then she said in a low voice, just above a whisper, Maybe your friend chose the doom slide. <laughs> <laughs> that one was great. That's scary. Yeah, my favorite one, I think, is a chapter two after it, where they're, like, they're reunited after she's gone down and found and found uh, Clay. Yeah, Clay's fine. <laughs> yeah, Clay's fine. I don't know exactly. I don't completely understand the joke of they land and there's a sign that says like "Welcome to Doom, Population Zero Humans." Yeah, I don't understand that. That I don't understand that part. It didn't say it would send me to my doom. It's not really the play on words. It said, but no, fine, whatever. No. 
But I, but it was fun. But real quick, I do want to explain why I thought the Doom slide was scary because it is yeah, implied. It, it, to your point, it is not implied that you will be taken to your doom. The the terror of the Doom slide is that you will slide forever, right? Like yeah. that's that is what is said on the sign outside. I don't know. There's plenty of slime to eat, like the random slime that hits your face. Yeah, there's the webs. You could eat, eat the spiders, I yep. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's, you're going to live forever. But that's what's scary about it, guys. That's what scared me is the and I remember <laughs> as a child being scared about this. This just hit a lot of fears for me. It's like mm. looking at a it's like looking at the lady on the Land of Lakes thing. And you see her holding the Land of Lakes lady on the in, uh, inside of her, and then she's holding a Land of Lakes lady on the inside of her. <laughs> the recursion. The recursion. You're confronting infinity you're, for the yes, first time. Yes, you're confronting the void, and that yeah. was what was scary about this to me because it. And he does a good job of like the whole chapter. The slide keeps going, and mm-hmm. that fear. The, and he lets the kids sit in that fear. Being like, mm-hmm. when is this going to end? And it's implied that they're they're going for a long time on this slide. So I think that that does a really good job of actually being a very scary moment of making them encounter the infinite void and look and stare into it. Purgatory of sorts. Yes. As an adult, I don't know. It could be a good life uh, living rent free in the Doom Slide. The Doom Slide sounds like fun. It's it sounds like <laughs> there's always something new to see. Uh, yep. It's constantly shifting and changing. Plenty of novelty, and like you said, plenty of food, free food, and free free rent. Free slime. <laughs> free slime for everyone. Yeah, anytime you want it. But no, even in the even in a utopia such as Horrorland, nothing is free. <laughs> They're dumped into doom with clay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I also like that felt like a real ride. There's a couple of these where. And not to say like some of the rides feel like amusement park ones, right? And then yeah, there's a yeah. few of them like where this is. If I had to give it any real complaint, it's like the it's a fair, right? The fair, yeah, like, yeah, like the vampire barn that they go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the bat barn. Yep, the bat barn. Bat barn. Sorry, there's vampire woods or something. I'm also, I'm half always when I read this, I think of the the video uh, oh, game. Oh too. yeah. We we miss we totally glossed over the fact that they're attacked by a a dog <laughs> as soon as they enter the park. Wait, like, a dog a, attacks them? Well, they see a they see a dog. They see a where they see a werewolf in the werewolf woods or whatever. Scariest part uh-huh. of the game, the DC, uh-huh. the, the the DreamWorks game when the werewolf attacks you. So fucking scary. I never, I never got to play it. We have to play that on. We the, we definitely on need it. to cover it sometime. We, we got to do that on the stream for sure. Uh, I, I there's something about like a few of those though where it's like I don't know if like the bat barn is an amusement park thing. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. It's nitpick. It's a nitpicky note, but just like a. I don't know. It should be like, oh, this is where all the food is, but there's bats everywhere. I don't know. I'm right, even, right. Yeah. Like, bats are cute. I don't really have the bat fear that... <laughs> no. No. Uh, or or the fear of winged things. Like, there's a part where, like, a monster folds up one of uh, one of the kids, I think Luke, in, in its wings. Right, yes. And that's supposed to be really scary. I'm like, that sounds lovely. Yeah, like, it sounds little... like I'm being nestled. It's, it's, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> It's like being an embryo. I want to become the embryo again. That sounds Please great. Please wrap me up in your vampire wings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tuck, tuck me into your wings, daddy. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I'm with you. Although I, I've never been trapped in a dark barn with a bunch of bats. That could be scary. I don't, I'm not positive how I would react in that situation. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You got to experience it. I need to experience it first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, they show up in Doom and... Uh, Clay's just been hanging out there, and they're like, "Well, let's, uh, you know, let's go on another ride. This, these, these sure are scary. Let's go on another ride." Uh, and then they make the terrible mistake, to your point, Chad, of seeing one ride, the Horror Rapids, and another ride, the House of Mirrors. And for some reason, they picked the House of Mirrors. Yeah, I thought that was a weird choice. Very bad choice. Horror Rapids, the rapid rides at amusement parks, always fun. 
Funhouse, Funhouse Mirror in a in a park is always just like that. Well, we're gonna walk into mirrors a couple times that's, and be too hot. Yes, that's the one that you go on because it has no line. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> that's the only reason you end up in the House of Mirrors. So they go in the House of Mirrors and they have classic House of Mirrors bullshit happens to them. Uh, smack their heads into some mirrors a couple times until they get to a point where they find each other after they get lost and separated, and they find each other, but mm. but they are separated into individual glass cubes, and they can't yep. escape. And then the trash compactor scene of Star Wars happens. I swear it was yep. supposed to be a reference to that because he talks about <laughs> Luke pushing against the wall. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. And I instantly thought of Luke pushing against the wall and not being strong enough. Um, That's great. <laughs> and a great, another, a great scare here. They're about to be crushed, and then the the chapter ends and the floor slips out and they're dropped out. And this is why this book is good because normally we'd be pissed off, right? About, mm. about the fake out of the, of the, uh, the threat to their lives. But uh-huh. in this book, it's great because it's just the rides again. It's scary. Yeah. Oh my God, they're going to die. Oh no. And it's, it's just the rides. They're just meant to scare us, take us to the point of death and then let us be free so that it's mm. true terror. Right that's and it, it it excuses all of the bad cliffhangers that we normally hate in these books it does a lot of work to excuse the bad cliffhangers it, it does, we it does. well okay what i'll say is what i will say is it creates a reality consistent with what we think actual reality is right there we go that's yeah sure that's deep again like all of this is about like putting like Putting your faith in something like an amusement park and hoping that it's not trying to kill you. Right. Like, RL is writing about, like, he's like, I don't know how a human can trust anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Damn, dude. Now that's deep. And and (laughs) RL, that shit's deep, bro. But that's like his, that's like his H.P. Lovecraft shtick. He's right. just like afraid of fucking everything. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and he's crabby about everything. <laughs> yep. But it all, it, it all comes into like a conflux here where yep. it works. Where like his crabbiness about, uh, about amusement parks like works here because this amusement park is trying to like, it, the, they aren't even really trying to kill these people or if they are they're really inefficient about it they right. are they are yeah they are at the end it seems like which i think like you kind of ruined the whole thing for me a little bit i'll be honest the mm-hmm. i always bump on like this is my like the saw movies this is gonna make mm. sense to me i swear okay okay where it's like wow what a cool concept like he this killer makes you appreciate life by putting you in heroin stuff and then when right. as soon as the movie every saw movie there's at least one trap we're like, well, that person didn't have a chance at all to get out of that. Right, like, right. That person is dead just so another person could have a trap. Uh-huh. I'm like, so, uh, kind of hypocritical there, uh, Jigsaw. Kind of not really following <laughs> uh-huh. your own code of ethics. Fair. Like, and that takes all of the like the fun out of the premise for me. The same way with Horrorland, where I'm like, all right, it's an amusement park. I dig it. They these these horrors love fucking in line with you. Mm-hmm. I get it. And then as soon as we get to, is maybe just fair to just kind of jump to like the third act twist of this of yeah. Uh, after the coffin ride, the whole family is, you know, reunited. The parents are like, this also sucks. I am very mad. I almost died. They're like, yep. oh, come right in here. Uh, your car is right this way. Except not. It's a wacky prank show. I'm like, uh, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. But now there's like mm-hmm. another, now it becomes like Running Man or something. It becomes, instantly <laughs> becomes Running Man. I do want to, I do want to talk, when they get reunited with the parents um, after the bat, the bat barn, 
they do get into the coffins, uh, which is applied to be some sort of lazy river style ride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Kevin, we talked about this earlier. This becomes a true horror because they're riding down in the lazy river. They're all goofing and talking and having a good time. And then mm-hmm. the top slam onto them and the air becomes hot. She can't feels like she can't breathe. Her, her body begins to itch. And truly, truly terrifying claustrophobia occurred for me as a child during that part. And it's yeah. again, it's allowed because it's all part of the freak them out into the last minute uh, uh-huh. of a, a scare that the park is trying to enact. I, I was going to say earlier that I didn't really feel the mirror scene, um, even though it like was also like a claustrophobia fear scene. Mm-hmm. But I think that one really serves to soften you up for this scene. Like the mirror yes. scene is ridiculous. Mm. And the coffin scene is too real. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah, very real. Yeah, it's just it 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 hits all of those really uncomfortable feelings of I can't leave the room, I can't take my shoes off, like uh-huh. there's no freedom uh-huh. in my future. I think there's a really there's a really scary detail in there too, where like Lizzie is hearing screams next to her in the water going is that my mother screaming right it is like mm. a yeah the person you go to for love and comfort and support is also horrified for their life and you yep. can't help them yeah it's darker than most of the goosebump books yeah i would argue yeah, yeah this is yeah. definitely the darkest one and yeah I, again like we said in the beginning the parents being along for the ride raises the stakes of this one and and i think this does a good job of separating the parents in a classic goosebump style right Mm. letting you experience the horrors without the parents. And then when the parents are brought back, it's like, okay, safety has returned. And then they're thrust into the same horrors, ratcheting the stakes up one more time. Because you don't expect to see those parents ever again. Like if there's a casualty, it'll be the parents. Right, right. Uh Because in the back of your mind, you're like, how are they going to get out of this? Their cars exploded. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's nothing for them. Like it, it does a really good job of making you feel trapped in horror land, which is good. Yep. I've seen a lot of this stuff in other books, even though I haven't read as many as you guys, but it hasn't been nearly as well executed on as, as this one. Like he just seems to like nail it in this one. It's just, I know I I almost feel like this was the first book. You know what I mean? It really does feel like this is the first book. I feel even the movies are kind of chasing this book as well. Which is why I'm also, we talked about this last time we were about the, the Goosebumps movies. It's really weird that they are not doing a Horrorland movie. It and feels like there's yes. so much more you could do with it. Than- and the hmm. horrors, the horrors are really cool looking. Yeah. Uh, very marketable. You could absolutely, you can make a Minions-esque uh, <laughs> product line out of these creatures, right? Like you could make them goofy. You could make them scary. You can go in whatever direction you want. It, they're They're very marketable. It ha- and it, the branding is great. You can make you can make the movies, and then you can make the real horror land that you can go to. It's all there. Why has someone yeah. not e- even in the TV TV adaptation? Like as bad as those masks look, I think that design is still pretty solid. Oh, I I feel like we have to watch the TV episode of this. I didn't. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like green orcs with like big rams horns. So it's <laughs> both cool. kind of generic, but enough of like. If you show me that, I'm like, oh, that's a horror land horror. I know exactly I'm, what. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at them now, uh, and they're the names uh, Black and Wretch Sniff are there are the names of the characters. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure if the MC has enough charisma to like go toe to toe with Slappy though. Okay, all right, all right. Because like, yeah, the horrors are good monsters, but they're a little too. 
we you need like one character with person you need the iron man of whatever horror land is yeah sure Cause you, yes because because that's all folks care about is like the character like who's the character right and I, I don't think the mc is it i think that i think you have slappy lures a family to horror land and he's yeah. running horror land <laughs> sure yeah. if you do sure. that slappy owns horror land this becomes Incredi- it becomes incredibly uh, monetizable. We're rich. I'm Let's pretty sure it. there's already, like, because we are going to do- dip into, like, the Horrorland books and the Slappy's World books, I think there is a Slappy's Horrorland book out there. There has to be, right? Yeah, I think there's somewhere in the in the Lexa, the, the long lineage of uh, Goosebump books. There is yeah, a Return if- to Horrorland in the 2000 series, which we will get to, and I am excited for that. Yeah. If there's one thing I know about fiction, it's that lightning always strikes twice, maybe three times, <laughs> with a spinoff or a sequel. It, it always works out the second and third time. Yeah, yeah. If a good if a good idea is good once, it's good for the rest <laughs> of the time. I uh, I I loved that a dad got almost killed here. Um, yeah. Oh man, he takes battle damage. He takes yeah, battle oh, yes. damage. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Like, so we should we should reveal how it happens. So they try to leave. Uh, yes. And when they try to leave. Uh, they've re- they realize they're locked in the park, and mm. then the uh, midsummer esque crowd of uh, uh-huh, of uh-huh. horrors surround them. Um, so they they surround them, and um, here, I just gotta call out RL because yeah. yeah, so this is one of his better written books. So I'm inclined to think he put this in because he wanted someone to catch it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But uh, here's the here's here's the line. See if you catch it. Okay. We we couldn't run. They had us surrounded. These are the horrors. Yeah. Uh-huh. They drove us like sheepdogs herding cattle. Why? They drove us <laughs> like that, sheepdogs. Like herding cattle. Like they were nipping at your heels, just biting your legs, going, come on. No, way. no, Chad. Sheepdogs <laughs> yeah. herding cattle. I'm Googling now, can you use a sheepdog for a cow? <laughs> yeah. Our, guys, we know RL has never been outside. It's fine. <laughs> but it's in the name. <laughs> you could have just said they they herded us like sheepdogs. Like, uh-huh. that's... Yeah. We know what they're herding. We're, they, it's, it's built into the name. You don't need to tell us. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess they herded us like a thing that herds another thing, but they were yeah. not quite used to herding this thing, so they were kind of making it up as they go along. But we were just a bigger version of a thing they <laughs> normally herded. <laughs> Kevin, good catch. You just you just put RL in the trash. I, I, I have to believe RL like wrote that line and is like, that's stupid. And then he's like, nah, I gotta keep it. I'm keeping it. it. I'm, yeah, that, <laughs> like, that, like an editor caught that, right? And was like, hey, yeah. this doesn't make sense. And he was like, it stays. He's like, he's like, it makes me, it makes my dark heart smile. So it uh-huh. stays, <laughs> stays where I walk away, Scholastic. I, I also like, this is maybe again, this is unfair of RL. I don't think he wrote this one. Like the prose mm. just, it just feels so different than the other I'm going to, I'm going to say that this was the first book that he sold to Scholastic and they were like, this one's fucking great. Get, get <laughs> let's us, build up to it. Let's build up to it. That the kids will love all the other ones too. It's fine, and we'll just you know. And then that this will uh, help us achieve escape velocity, and the rest of the books will just sell themselves, <laughs> which it did possibly. Because I, I remember we talked we talked about this for like Welcome to the Dead House. I feel like that it was like yeah, this one's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then they never go that full level of like this is a dead town and, a, and something happened in the mines and yeah, like 
There's yeah. just these few ones that stand out beyond just quality level, like a different understanding of story structure. Mm. I know there's like, I noticed there's a mention of a sour smell in this. There's lots of sour smells. There's lots of landing hards. There's mm-hmm. um, there's an abrupt and kind of uh, deflaty ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I'm just wondering if like, uh, in my in my conspiracy theory mind that RL didn't write all of these, is yeah. he just doing a pass through, and and he's just adding sour, adding his hallmarks and stuff. Yeah, he's putting his like little touches of like, well, now they'll know it's an RL. That's story. really that's really possible. I, I don't know because like the crotchetiness of this shines through, which makes me think it's RL. Yeah, I'm gonna say RL wrote this one. I'm sorry, Chad. It, it was either RL or like RL's best friend. Who knew RL very well. Right, yeah, right. Or the, his, RL's best writer, RL's best ghost writer. Like someone who knew RL really well and was like writing something specifically for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, a horror land, a, a, a amusement park that's terrible. That's like all amusement parks. I love it. Right. Richard Bachman came in and wrote this one, right? I am yeah. going to Woodward and Bernstein get to the bottom of this. Okay. Okay. We are going to get someone. We are going to get a ghostwriter on the podcast who can confirm this. We are going to get, like, it, it, I don't know. I he he can't keep getting away with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad, <laughs> I don't know. That could take like two to three cold emails to find these people. I know, and those are tough. I hate writing cold emails, but <laughs> it's not worth it, Chad. It's not worth it, Chad. You might have to bother someone during uh, a weekday. I'm just worried, like, you know, we keep investigating this. We've had people, like fans of the podcast, be mm. like, yo, my uncle wrote some. Or, mm-hmm. so they all be liars. But there's a version of, like, <laughs> I feel like whenever we started to do a little bit of sniffing around, the trail would just suddenly go cold. Like, like someone's shushing him up. There's some NDAs floating around out there. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. To what end, Chad, I ask you, to what end? <laughs> I just, uh, I, I I want, partly this, I think because I'm we're always chasing the high of the really good Goosebump books, mm-hmm. I, I would like, I kind of would like to find out. You want the source. Someone, yeah, I want the source, because then I want to go like, okay, what else did they write? And then I yeah. then I can find a unknown trove of like fun horror Yes, stories. that's, you're a, cla- a classic Hallmark of an appreciator, Chad. Yeah, you, you, you're always searching out the the font of new joy. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this has been fermenting in me since since we started this podcast. But I I won't deny that this is one of the best written Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. But I think I tend to prefer a book that is a little more out there than this book. Mm-hmm. I, more, please I, go, please elaborate. I think I like books with motorboat ghosts and <laughs> uh, sorry yeah. I, I had to take a second to think about do you mean actual motorboat i was thinking of uh I, i've been playing a lot of resident Evil late i was thinking about putting your face between some big old ghost boobs and just going i say wild. i say yep mm-hmm. no i mean insane ghosts who are trying to kill you with motorboats sure sure <laughs> not by motorboating you but kind of yes that uh-huh yeah della was great or or like uh Books that are just barely in the horror genre, like How I Learned to Fly. Right, that say something about the human condition, right. Or or, or have, like, one or two, like, really, really, like, evocative, unique scenes, like Cry of the Cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, I feel like it's doing everything 
well. It's just like, this is almost too straight horror for me. Yeah. Interesting. Even at this turn, right, they're, ter- they're told that they're uh, on TV. They're on candid camera for a, yeah, mon- yeah. For a monster TV show. Even at this yeah. turn, it, they're, they're told this, right? And they're like, now you must run for your lives. You know, like now is the time to run for your lives. And then a cavalcade of monsters are thrown at them, right? And even in Fur that- snakes. And- yeah, like it's just weird monsters are thrown at them. And there's no, it's like, it's, I guess it's supposed to imply chaos is what I'm getting. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. like you said, there's no, I, it's just sort of straightforward. They're just chasing them. There's nothing really interesting about it. I think that's where, I, I, I love this book a lot. I think that like now it's just the obstacle course where the way they sell it, like you're going to do American Gladiators and it's just be attacked by a bunch of crazy monster designs. Which yeah. Sounded cool. Is like, okay, this isn't really what the premise of the book was anymore. I get, now it becomes like a book about uh, Monster Cable, which <laughs> is its own. I, you could tell RL or whoever wrote this thought that premise was very fun and wanted to just talk about like ratings and uh-huh. the nature of a TV channel, which is, yeah. it, it's fun. There's an idea that this Monster Cable <laughs> is watched by, or Monster TV is watched by 2 million monsters around the world. Like, that's fun. That's a fun idea. Yeah, the monsters that the, the monster community out there uh, is enjoying cable is fun. I I can't follow RL, and he keeps asking me to follow him here, but I can't follow RL when he's like, "The world you know actually has a, a B side, and it's full of monsters who like the same things we like, only it's crazier." Uh-huh. <laughs> or like, "You were on Alien Planet this whole time." It's like, "This uh, stop." Stop trying to make that jump work. It never works, right. dude. Yeah, he definitely likes that version of monsters of like a hidden world of monsters, but Hotel Transylvania level. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where they're just like, we're just living our lives. I'm like, once you're doing that, then I'm not scared of any of you. Right. Yeah. There's yeah, there's no terror here. And I don't know. It's supposed to be implied that they these things are gonna kill them, but nothing nothing makes the kill shot. <laughs> yeah, these monsters are all just like they're they they're clocking out after the minutes up. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh-huh. none of them make the kill shot. Someone, we, as we said, Dad does take battle damage. I do believe we see our first true blood of yeah. of, of a, well, at least for our experience, we've been through a lot of books after this. We see some blood. Uh, Dad takes some damage, um, mm. but they escape. They get out. Well, they they escape the monsters, and then they're surrounded again, and they're hoarded towards a purple pit. Yep. Yeah, it's that was that was like a step a... too far for me. That was the like, okay, they have you've tricked them already into this final bonus round. Yeah, you talk about how no one ever survives. You never get a five out of five winners. Uh, like okay, th- this book has earned the monsters letting them go. Yeah, and like well, now we gotta say goodbye. And another scary image: they're gonna push them into this like purple quicksand muck that'll instantly suck you down below. Yeah, yep. that's pretty yep. scary. That's mm-hmm. like a pretty. Yep. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess you're all just cruel, but now the rules are out the window. Now, and yeah. I'll say this: I don't appreciate the 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 ending here because it is very tele- telegraphed, and like we said, this is a book for children, so they need to do that a little bit more. But it's very telegraphed, but it's on the level of signs, which I've always liked that movie, but I did not <laughs> like the ending. It's on the level of signs where the creatures are so blissfully idiotic about their own. T- the chances of demise they invited humans in who love to pinch and they put signs up everywhere warning people not to pinch they put the 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 key to their death uh-huh. everywhere all over the place made it telegraph the hell out of it and now i do like that lizzie remem- like remembers that the si- that they say that the signs that's are true that very important 
Did she yeah. she actively remembers that the signs were telling the truth and she remembers the pinching sign and she remembers her brother and even his character of the mad pincher. She brings back the mad pincher. It all gets brought back. That is nice. It's a good moment for Lizzie. Lizzie's a great character. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with Lizzie. Lizzie's yes. awesome. Yes. But she pinches it. It deflates. Very silly. And then they go on a pinching frenzy. They deflate a bunch of them and they run off. They find a bus. So, so Paul, you believe that the pinch defeats the monsters. And this is not yet another layer of um, carnival game. I don't know. I think they defeat the monster. Do you not, Kevin? I think this is all part of the reality TV, like, mm-hmm. make Oh my God, it's all a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all a thing. So, like, they were like, I wonder if they'll get the, like, they're like dungeon masters or okay. whatever. Who are, okay, okay. Like, throwing, say, apple cider vinegar all over the place. <laughs> like, I wonder if they'll get that this is the monster's weakness. <laughs> and they're just sort of, like, crossing their fingers. And they're like, eh, if not, we'll just murder them. But, like... <laughs> But like I think the I think the pinch while it deflates them I don't think that kills them. No, it doesn't. Kill, it doesn't kill them because yeah. No, there, there's a moment where the monster yells out like inflate, inflate her, inflate yeah. the monster again. I'm like okay, so yeah. they're they are just in a, a, an an inert state. And so they run into the parking lot. Uh, they they see the they see the wreckage of their exploded car, mm-hmm. and then they see some buses, some purple buses, mm-hmm. uh, which they hijack, which is cool as shit. Dad hopes the key is kept in it, which it is for some reason. Uh, sure. for, for for some convenience, but that's I like fine. That I'll allow it. Buses, that's crazy in itself. Like yeah. that's a big deal. <laughs> they are just bringing people in and out, or that the monsters have to go to their job, like their homes. I guess. Right. This is a massive operation, or it's a big, yeah, a very large community, and uh, hey, it's nice. The the buses are a nice touch, and they they escape on the bus. They get away. They get home. Yep. And yep. then we have our our we have to have our twist at the end. And our twist is a monster. Uh, hitched onto the back like the, like the one earlier in the book that planted the C4 on the car and yep. <laughs> uh, drops down and goes, you forgot your tickets for next season and gives them tickets to come I love back to the one. park. I love that I, I love that ending, actually. That's a good one. It's not, it doesn't feel like cheap, you know, like it just, yeah. it, it's fine. I mean, I could have gone. I could have done without like the the monster race or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, but I really don't have a better idea for how to end this. No. honestly if they had gone straight from like them getting pushed out right Mm -hmm. like oh you've won and i guess Mm. you need one more if they really need to feel like they're racing for their lives something turns we're like wait they cheated or they they didn't buy a ticket after Uh them or whatever kind of thing sure Mm. but like you just skip the whole like American Gladiator scene and go straight into the mad rush for the bus and a, a monster hanging onto the back is very scary. Yeah, I think it's like, hey, you guys made it through. You didn't freak out and panic. You you won. Oh, what did you win? You win a trip to the sucking pits. You know, and then it's sure. and then and then send them to the sucking pits, and then the pinch thing happens, and they figure it out. Yeah, we don't need the cavalcade of monsters. I do like the pinching though. The pinching's fine. Hey, Kevin, I like it more because I think you might be right. Now that now that I put together that ending with mm-hmm. the pinching being maybe a part of it and they're bringing them back for another stint on the reality show, I think mm-hmm. this book became better. I, it's in my top three at the very least. It's this or Camp Jelly Jam for my this favorite. Is, this is number one for me with Camp Jelly Jam second and How I Learned to Fly third. Damn. Kevin, what's your tier list? <sighs> on the spot? Yeah. Cry of the Cat's probably number one for me. Nice. Okay. Um, I would rank this probably 
among my top eight. What? <laughs> is that how many you've done? Is that how many you've done, Kevin? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think it's cool that this one hit a little different for you, Kevin. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, it did hit different for me. Again, I, I was, I, I sort of adopted a harsher uh, persona than mm-hmm. the than the two of you. Mm-hmm. But this is like the ideal of a Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. Like this is what. I think everyone remembers the rest of these books being if yes. they have fond memories yes. of, of Goosebumps as a series. Uh, I didn't experience this as a kid, um, but I'm still a student. You guys are, are the masters of, of Goosebumps lore. Uh, but I, I, f- I feel like I unlocked a little piece of, uh, of, of the bumps. This is a glimpse into what I think, like you said, a lot of people saw as what Goosebumps were as, as kids. And I, was exactly what you said. This was mm. the one that whenever I thought of Goosebumps growing up before we've started this podcast, this is what I remembered. And I was always like, yeah, Goosebumps were good. That one was great. You know, like I always mm-hmm. thought about, mm. I always thought about this book and I was like, yeah, those were good books. And then going back through, I was like, what the hell? We were hoodwinked. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, like, that's like, yeah, that's this podcast has been an unraveling of a lie that I've told myself my entire life. <laughs> My entire life. <laughs> we got we got to update our description for uh, Goosebumps on iTunes or whatever. <laughs> the unraveling of a lie. The unraveling told ourselves. of a deep lie. I think that's uh, a Goosebuds. I think we butted. I'm really glad we got to revisit this one, especially with, with both of you getting a chance to go for a ride right yeah i'm so happy that i was very upset that i missed this episode many many years it's always it's always haunted me and uh (laughs) i'm glad that we got to revisit it but i do think we discussed doing a television episode of this show where we would watch a couple of of goosebumps tv episodes and and do like a kind of a you know a a anthology review a tv anthology tv anthology episode Uh I think we add this to uh, what was the last book we read? Uh, My best friend's invisible, which my be- a yeah, lot my... of you all said that like the designs in that one are pretty crazy. Yeah, so I think we I think we mix those together, and maybe that'll be our next episode. I can be down. Yeah, I love it. Uh, if you like this episode and you want to support the podcast, why don't you hit your wagon on to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/GooseBuds? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I think you should. There's all uh, exclusive stuff on there. There's a special episode of our show called Camp Goosebuds, where once a month we get together and we we just hang around the campfire and talk about whatever we feel like. Uh, yeah, and uh, th- this episode, uh, the beginning of it, had a lot of stuff cut out. We'd have discussed potentially putting that up as a rare B side drop on our Patreon. So you also oh, get yeah. you also get some of the uh, you also get some of the extra uh, mic talk that gets lost in the in the cut. Yeah, you get the wheat and the chaff. <laughs> Free chaff for everyone. <laughs> and that's a promise. <laughs> I also want to hype up like we're we're very close to getting to to drop some new Goosebuds apparel that the designs for are are real good. Boys. Oh, yeah. oh yes. The test prints just came in yesterday and they are looking mighty foin. Oh, are we um are we going to cycle out some of our old shirts or are we keeping Maybe. those too? Act fast. Buy them now if you want to. <laughs> Where can I go to purchase them? Goosebuds.store? Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the one.
Yeah. Goosebuds.store. Um, Goosebuds.store. Oh, boy. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter at GoosebudsPod, where we try to share uh, updates on the show. Oh, yeah. We dropped the, we dropped the, the hot images from our, from our talks on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, summer's sitting here and the pandemic's, uh, pandemic's been defeated. So I think uh, it's time for us to get to an amusement park and uh, just start putting my mouth on everything. Yeah. Pandemic's dead. And now we all have to fight the ghost of the pandemic. <laughs> God help all of us. Should we get out of here, boys? Yeah. Let's run before the ghost catches yeah, up with us. When ghost COVID shows up, we better be the fuck out of here. <laughs> See you next time. Bye-bye. This episode of Goose Buds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. We shall read you their names now. The Book of Names! Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara. Hollis Hornbeek. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. David Cron. Josh Robertson. Mickey C. Nathan Nolazal. Clayton C. What? Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrow. L. Cade. Mel Dipson. Jim Greaves. Danky McStanky. Afshi. Aaron T. Strunk. Dango Twist. Brian Wells. Mr. Zen Tackles. Love it. <laughs> Stealth Bates. Becca McWilliams. Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Scott Collipe. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. John Keedy. Low Belly Hate Me. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Christina Doling. Third Sergio. Galf. Matthew the Necrofan Mail Nomicon. Oh, yeah. Sniggy. Re-infected. Maddie. Eshak Arafin. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Sam Hash. Cody Redfield. Dapio. Rich Hillborn. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Diaz. Jar Jar Slings. Joshua Jacobwitz. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Cardboard Walk. Levithan. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Jonas Blotterman. I love the Jonas's are together. The Jonas Brothers. The Jonas Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Alicia Grafe. Trent Davis. Maloyster. Carl. Hey, Paul. Pause for a second. I got something I got to get off my chest. I know what it is. You've left it this way. Give me something new to say. I love broccoli. I think I love broccoli. (laughs) I like the beaten half just Paul in there. (laughs) I like that I screwed it up, too. I was like, I know what it is. And I said the wrong thing. Like, (laughs) idiot. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. J-Bug. Joe. Brooke X. Corey Shelley. Jesus Christ. Christian Van Skeever. Drew Applegate. Paul Grasso. Transrix. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Taylor Dierks. Joe, remember to save early and often, Scott. Slumlord Onion. Jordan Lockwood. Foolish for Deborah. Zach Connor. Trandy Moron. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon underscore donator. Ah, shit. Patreon <laughs> underscore donator, comma, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. Got it. Got it. Joe. Spooky Digital Ghost. Tierney. Perfect read. Toothless Barry the Whistler Bostowitz. Tom Whittem. 
Connor Church. Vincent Modica. Luke Canoodles. Hugh Bolin. Zam Bambino. Kevin Hamilton. Andrew, low belly hate me is a name that always <laughs> makes me smile when I hear it to Chad Sack. Okay, is this a shout out to another person in the book of names? I love it. The yep. book has become yep. aware. <laughs> the book is now a very slow messaging service. <laughs> Lord Cornwallis. Elizabeth Steenweg. Cardamom Birkenbino. Andrew Evans. Tevin Ticklebean lives. <laughs> Goon Cahoots. John the Howling Eyed Duda. Nathan Remick. Divaldi. Sness Chalmers. Sean Minogue. Wormtown Glan. <laughs> Wiggle it. Reed Stubbendeek. Luke LaFountain. John. Or Pi- Luke LaFountaine. I don't know. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Or Ch- John Pigeon Hat Barber. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Evans. Paul, watch out. Slick is behind you. <gasps> Chip. Did I get you? Handsome. <laughs> you did. You got me really good. Matt McClellan. Stinklich. Carewise. Gam G. Dylan McCann. Swaggy Yolo Squire. Cameron Henson. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Sarah Camp. Jack Frizee. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Generally depressing. Etonamore. Brat. Yeah. Ben Bohan. Adam, you goofed. Juan Jalapena. Dan. Chris Pittman is a bone wizard. Baz Gerritsen. Hey, Eric, it's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Doing a great job, Eric. Love you, Eric. Good job, Eric. Muscles bear. When dragons rule. <laughs> <laughs> Noah August. Keith Halcrow. Dakota Campion. Chris Haunted Pajama Boner Nelson. <laughs> oh, man, that triggers some That's the worst. Timothy Misodoulakis. Nataes. Clay McCarty. Jonas Ennevoldsen. Ennevoldsen. Calamity Carl. What's up, Carl? Matthew Stevens. Germ Juice. Kevin Boucher. Parker Lee. Nick Johnson. Hambo. Come jizzerate is a fun <laughs> pun, but I don't know a good place to use it. You found it. I mean, you found it right here. <laughs> yep. Stephen Day. Raymond Hernandez. Flemily. The Crow Fens. Matthew Sutton. Kate and Franklin. Oh. Patrick Murphy. Jeffrey Owen Cawhey. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Tori Catherine. Kelsey Kinneman. Megan McCormick Mason. Chase. Lee Wood. Russell Kasberg. Xavier Jimenez. Brendan Arifin. Liam Neeson's Doe. Chris Prutragus. Ninja Breadman. Hood Lemon. Scotty Pippen, baby. Carter Glass. Cody Trumler. Sunset Streak. Meat Virgin. Got little old moi pretty freaked. Ryan Knight. Adam Muth. Dungeon Kappa. Dr. Chakula. Grammaticus Gore. Jimmy Soul. Ida. Peanutburg level 69. Watch out, MC Hamster. Zach Ware. Tim Jidmanir. Alan G. Jasol. Hey, what's this? Kevin Cole? That's Kevin not Cole! Me. That's not me. <laughs> what the hell's Kevin Cole doing in here? <laughs> what? I mean, is it me? I I think I am a backer. I don't know if I can. I don't Did know you if forget I to unsubscribe? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's me or maybe it's someone. This is some sort of conflict of interest, and I like it. This, this, is, the spi- this it. is the this is the the uh, meme with the two Spider Mans. <laughs> <laughs> Except they're throwing money at each other. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, whose turn is it? Uh, Paul said Kevin Cole, so I'll say Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julianne Lamendia. Brendan Neal. Moon Juice. Andre. Andre Villanueva. F.W. Kelly the Barbarian. David Emerson. Aaron Lord. Cody Selman. David Sandoval. Daniel Keith Kieran. B. Latanzi. <laughs> Courtney Green. Several upset horses. Watch out. <laughs> They'll get you. Estamena, Lord of Paul's Pants. All hail. All hail. He has the pants. Robert Allen Cook the Third. Sudakis. The Davy Boy. Kenny M. Mike Spaghetti Jones. <laughs> Alec Boise. Ashley Northup. Liss with an asterisk. Implying what there's mean? something else that we don't know about. What can I mean? No. It's a wild card. <laughs> Esther Shanks. Redemption. Dr. Diarrhea. XX Epic Gamer for 2069 XX Smith. I read it as intended that time. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Quigley Jones. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Sad Star. Continue? Wait, Whoa, we're in here too? On? What is what? happening? The book has gone a little crazy this week. <laughs> Chris? 60- Chris, you're in here? Chris? <laughs> 69, Polly Shore. 311. Levi Kidder. Jacob. Matt Skellyman. Bryce Deary. Matthew Brittado. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. Still funny. Ooh. It's always good. <laughs> Wagmar Wigner. Nice job. Dakota Camp. Welcome, Tarf. <laughs> <laughs> Rub tea. <laughs> Rian De Bruhin. Jake. Carbson. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Carb Son. Get <laughs> him up too, belly. Me too. <laughs> Luke Humanzee <gasps> Allen. Humanzee's in here too. <laughs> Zach Cohen. I don't know if these are new I people. You, I can tell you, this is new. This is okay. Joey okay. Reinish from okay. LL Joe K. Yeah. Oh, we got a new. Oh, hello. Oh, these are these are new, probably at least. Yeah. Welcome to the Book of Names. Hello, welcome, Joey Reinish. Yes. Yes, Joey Reinish. Yes. And welcome, Reese McKinney. And welcome to all of some of Chad's bird's friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who let you in here, Josh Howell? Josh hey, Howell! Don't let, hey. any, don't let any guy in this place. <laughs> don't let this guy out. <laughs> I remember my first beer. <laughs> Doesn't even apply to this. Uh, we honored him the best we could with that statement. We did. He's a goddamn zealot, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Nicholas Maloney. Welcome, Kiwio Flurvit. Welcome, Bjorn Deer. <laughs> and welcome, Serial Killer X. Watch out. The book of names, it'll eat you. Thank you all so very, very much. Thanks, guys. Thank we you. Love you. We love you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.